0: Hello and a warm welcome to 2021 from Maybank's research team. For our first podcast of the year, our strategists will first talk about the drivers behind the current inflationary cycle and whether ASEAN central banks may be tempted to bring forward interest rate normalisation. Even as governments prepare to stockpile COVID-19 vaccines and execute on immunisation programmes, COVID cases are back on the rise. How will these developments impact brittle economies like Thailand and its stock market? And will the strong bard complicate its recovery? Lastly, given the steepening of the 10-year Treasury yield curve, do Singapore REITs still offer value? Stay tuned to find out. In today's podcast, Winston Poon, our regional fixed income head, joins us as moderator.
1: Hi, good morning. Uh, Very uh, happy New Year and I hope everyone is uh, staying safe. We will go through a couple of macroeconomic reports today and equity strategy. But before that, let me set the scene with two quick updates. The COVID situation and the US politics. Firstly, the COVID situation remains challenging. Globally, cumulative cases near 90 million, and it could reach 100 million mark in two weeks' time. Recently, a number of countries have tightened movement restrictions, and Malaysia is expected to make an announcement today. But vaccines offer hope. In terms of vaccine coverage, a few small countries are leading. United Arab Emirates and Israel has covered about 10 to 20% of the population with at least the first doses. This could be among the first countries to offer clues on how herd immunity can be achieved through vaccine. And secondly, on U.S. politics, the Democrats' sweep in the Georgia runoff elections last week appears to have triggered a belated blue wave. Markets are raising bets on inflation trade. Bonds were sold off, while global equities rallied, and the S and P 500 index closed at yet another all-time high. Commodity prices in the energy sector jumped with Brent crude price 8% higher year-to-date at $56 per barrel. Habin, you have a very timely report about rising commodity prices. Can you share with us your findings? What are the drivers for rising prices? How will this affect ASEAN economies? And do you think inflation can surprise to the upside, perhaps central banks, to high interest rate earlier than expected?
0: Good morning, yeah. So as you said, commodity prices, uh, led more by agriculture than energy prices, have staged a remarkable rally since the third quarter of last year. So the rebound is driven by global growth recovery, extreme weather conditions and disruptions. The OPEC's recent curbs on oil supplies also supporting energy prices. Uh, the United Nations FAO food price index climbed to the highest level in six years in December last year, but that's a strong 18% rebound from its trough in May. Oil prices have also recovered uh, but a bit more slowly, with red all prices now returning to pre-pandemic levels in early Jan. So the agricultural price increase is visible in many of the commodities that matter for ASEAN, including palm oil, rubber, rice, and coconut oil. Uh, many ASEAN countries, as you rightly pointed out, are major commodity exporters and will benefit from the rising prices and improving terms of trade. Uh, that will strengthen growth, fiscal balances, as well as current account balances. Uh, net commodity exporters are large as a share of GDP for Vietnam, Indonesia, and Malaysia. Improving terms of trade will also support the commodity currencies, particularly ringgit and the rupiah. Uh, bear in mind that the Philippines, Thailand, and Cambodia are net commodity importers, given their impen- dependence on imported oil. Uh, rising commodity prices also have a powerful redistributive impact, raising rural incomes and employment. And this will help cushion and, uh, and uh, offset the uneven impact from the pandemic, which ha- has had a disproportionately large impact on the lower income households. About 30% of ASEAN's total employment is in agriculture especially large shares in the CLS, CLMV countries, uh, Thailand, 31%, Niger 28%. Uh, interesting stat from Thailand, rising export prices of rice and rubber is actually driving farm income, which rose by 14% in November. That's the fastest pace uh, since about uh, three years ago. Uh, direction on um, multi-policy, uh, even though rising food and energy prices will increase inflationary pressures, but I think the impact will likely be manageable this year. The CPI food component is rising a lot more quickly than overall inflation, but overall inflation is still at the low end of most central banks' inflation targets. Or, and that's because of sluggish domestic recovery, subdued wage pressures, a weak US dollar, and government food subsidies are containing overall inflation. Uh, so we think that rising food prices are more likely to trigger an impact on, um, on food security policies rather than monetary policy. We're expecting the ASEAN central banks to maintain policy rates at near record lows this year. we only one more rate cut in Indonesia and governments may have to adjust their food security policies and subsidies if food prices continue rising or shortages emerge. Bear in mind, there are already programs in Asia and Thailand and the Philippines.
1: Can you update us quickly? um, Which countries do you expect any change in interest rate policy this year?
0: Only in Indonesia. Only in Indonesia are we expecting a one more rate cut. The rest, we are expecting the central banks to stay on hold.
1: On a different topic, Singapore released its 4Q GDP number last week. Habin, did you see any surprises? What is, the, what is the current shape of the recovery and the outlook for 2021?
0: So, encouragingly, the Singapore fourth quarter GDP growth came in slightly stronger than expected at minus 3.8%. I think consensus was about minus 4.5%. And that's an improvement from the minus 5.6% in the third quarter. Uh, but the surprise came largely from manufacturing, which grew 9.5% in the fourth quarter. Uh, services actually came in slightly weaker than expected. So, I think the story from this pandemic recession is that manufacturing and trade has been remarkably resilient. And has defied the recession. But the services recovery continues to be sluggish and dampened by the safety measures as well as the border restrictions. Uh, for this year, we're looking at a more U-shaped than a V-shaped recovery. Uh, we're looking for GDP growth in Singapore at 4.5%. That's at the lower end of the government's 4 to 6%. Uh, manufacturing will continue growing, but I think given that it's already uh, bounced up so strongly, we're looking at a slower pace of 3.2% this year. Services will recover slowly, but it's, again, it's conditional on the speed of the vaccine rollout and the lifting of border controls worldwide which looks like it could be later rather than earlier. Construction is recovering, but again, it, remains, uh, it will probably remain a full year contraction. Uh, they are grappling with foreign worker shortages and of course, all the uh, safety measures.
1: Thanks, Hapit. Um, Joye, Indonesia inflation increased at the fastest pace since June, but still below Bank Indonesia's target range and core inflation actually is further. How do you think the trajectory will look like in the next few months? And what is your forecast for this year?
2: Sure. Hi, good morning. Uh, So, uh, as you mentioned, headline CPI did uh, increase uh, by 1.7% in December. Uh, That was solely driven by food inflation, which uh, jumped to an eight-month high of 3.6%. That was on the back of Uh, both higher agricultural prices, because of the end of the harvesting season, as well as rising international commodity prices. Uh, But core CPI, which excludes volatile food prices and government controlled prices, uh, actually eased to 1.6%, which is the weakest print since 2004. Uh, That's because other categories uh, like transportation and energy costs continue to decline, and uh, consumer goods like clothing and footwear, recreation categories continue to ease. for 2021, uh, in the first half, uh, we expect headline inflation to age up as uh, fuel prices rise on a year-on-year basis of the low base that we saw in the first half of 2020, and also driven by food inflation due to the supply disruptions. A rollout of vaccines and recovery of consumer demand in the, sec- uh, in the second half of the year uh, will also support higher prices for services and other consumer goods. Uh, for the whole of 2021, I'm looking at both headline and co-inflation to average at around 2.4%. Uh, that's uh, still at the lower range of Bank Indonesia's 2 to 4% target range, but it's uh, still slightly higher than the 2% recorded for headline inflation in 2020.
1: Thanks, Joye. I have two questions for you, Joye. Let me start with the first one. Um, the recovery in Thailand economics actually picked up pace in November. Um, but you have concerns about new COVID wave posing downside risk to growth. Can you share with us your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, uh, on Thailand, you're right. Uh, November, we actually saw a pickup in the recovery pace with private consumption index rising at the fastest pace in nine months. Uh, That was boosted by the extended holidays as well as the government's 50-50 co-payment scheme. Uh, But we also saw private investment and manufacturing posting the first increase uh, in November uh, uh, in 2020, but having said that, uh, the new domestic outbreak has uh, triggered some new restrictions uh, in the first quarter of the year and may potentially delay the easing of border controls. Just to give a sense, uh, in early December, the cumulative number of COVID cases was around 4,000. Uh, just this, over the weekend, it has already surpassed 10,000. The new restrictions are, however, more flexible than the earlier lockdown that Thailand uh, imposed last year. Uh, for now, dining in at restaurants is still allowed, and uh, shopping malls remain open but under strict social distancing measures. And this time, the government is using a zoning system. Uh, red zone provinces, including Bangkok, will limit opening hours of some businesses and, and close uh, at risk businesses like entertainment venues and markets uh, from 4th January to the 1st of February. Uh, consumer confidence index will likely uh, fill a dent. Uh, it already fell for the first time in December after three months of improvement. Given this new outbreak, we do see downside risk to our twenty twenty one GDP forecast of five percent. Thailand
1: actually posted a rare current account deficit in November. Um, do you think this is going to be one off, or is something for us to watch out for?
2: Well, yeah, the current account balance uh swing into a deficit for the first time uh since May twenty nineteen. Uh, the deficit in November was at 1.5 billion US dollars, uh, but that was uh, really due to a uh, surge in gold imports, and and gold imports does tend to be volatile. Uh, in November, it actually jumped to account for almost nine percent of total imports. Um, the services income and transfers balance also posted a larger deficit in November. Uh, but having said that, I, I do expect the current account balance to stay in a surplus uh, as exports gradually improve in 2021. But given the possible delay in uh, the reopening of the tourism sector, um, the services balances, uh, the services balance could turn into a surplus uh, slower than expected. So um, I do see uh, some downside risk to uh, the current account balance forecast as well, which I currently have at 6% of GDP. Uh, But it will likely be uh, slightly, uh, it will likely still expand from the uh, around 4% of GDP surplus that we saw in 2020.
1: Thanks. Um, On Thailand stocks, Maria, um, Thailand stock index has rebounded 25%, more than 25% since November. In the 2021 outlook report, you appear to be less optimistic with a stock index year-end target of slightly below 1200 However, you highlighted that there are trading opportunities. Can you share with us your thoughts on this? How should investors position their portfolios and which sectors do you think will outperform?
3: Yes, yeah, so the sustained liquidity rally uh, will, re- will remain for us. No? It started in November and first week of January, the market was already up 5% and it's trading at around three standard deviation above 10-year mean. So the sectors that outperformed uh, in the November rally will continue this time around. Most of them are commodities, cyclicals, like energy, petrochemicals, banks, even consumer finance, tourism, and also discretionary retailing. Uh, but for in the shorter term, the market will be momentum and rotational in characteristic.
1: Are there any particular risks you want to highlight? The reason why you are less optimistic?
3: Yes, uh, actually there are many And uh, we kind of assumed them away this time. One is the economic impact of the second wave, uh, COVID restrictions that has affected 28 provinces labeled as red zones. Uh, This has still to be estimated, uh, but we note that these provinces uh, account for about 75% of our GDP and really have just begun the. Uh, path to recovery, and it's been quite frail, so we'll have to wait and see. It might be the case of the straw that could break the camel's back. I also expect international pressures to emerge, like, uh, you know, Thailand is under a watch list uh, on currency manipulation and labor issues as well. The reason why the remaining GSP status is being gradually phased out. And EU stands on our political conflict that would get in a way in sitting down with EU to hammer some FTA. I so this probably would be sentiment overhand, um, but it could affect our uh, direct investment. Um, with the money printing very high in the economies like US and EU, that high baht will likely remain strong. And then this will be a burden on our exporters especially those whose cost and material are locally sourced and bad denominated. So it could be a pressure on our export. The decision of Saudi Arabia to cut up crude production will uh, result in higher crude prices and that will inflate our energy bill, uh, which is a sizable fraction of our import bill.
1: Um, Maria, you are positive on the banking sector, one reason being lower credit costs. Can you share with us the status of Debt relief programs that involve retail, SME, and the corporate sector. Do you see any risk, and how much buffer they have in terms of uh, loan loss provision coverage?
3: Yeah. So the the thing is that the coverage level of the bank is really very high. So Cheseda is this uh, issue and believe um, even if there is some slip back uh, onto NPL it will be manageable and certainly much uh, less uh, in magnitude, as we have seen in 2020. So um, the two of our loan groups that had a significant improvement uh, because of this relief uh, program is uh, the retail and also the SMEs. Uh, the ones that has sort of remained the same are the corporates, but then of the three loan groups, retail and SMEs were the bigger ones. So we will have to wait and see now because uh, the, the uh, maturity or termination of the relief really programs just begin uh, just begin uh, begun and then uh, now we have heard uh, some of the SFIs, government uh, state banks. Uh, that uh, they are going to provide some support. Overall, we don't think uh, the listed banks uh, they can manage uh, the the potential backslide um, because their is already quite strong.
1: Um, we'll move to Singapore REITs by Sutai. Um, Sutai, you are constructive on the Singapore REITs for 2021. Can you share with us what are the rationales that underpin your constructive view? And do you see any particular sectors that you think will outperform, um, let's say, the better growth and recovery prospects? Is it gonna be industrial, retail, office or hospitality?
4: Hey, thanks, Winston, and morning, everyone. Uh, So the pandemic recession last year uh, pushed Singapore REITs uh, to withhold their distributions and also into cash uh, conservation mode. It's caused a reset in earnings growth for the sector Now we now expect DPU recovery uh, in 2021. Uh, We think valuations will continue to be supported by strong market liquidity uh, and visibility of cash flows. Uh, Across the sector, balance sheets are strong. Uh, We will expect acquisitions in business parks, uh, in data centers and logistics assets to pick up pace this year. Um, Ascenders REIT, uh, the largest industrial REIT, uh, raised 1.2 billion Singapore dollars in new equity. and they have set aside $750 million, uh, for the acquisition of a portfolio of data centers in Europe uh, after completing the purchase of its fifth suburban office property in Australia at the end of last year. Now, low cost of equity, particularly for the larger REITs, uh, and also borrowing costs uh, will support deal opportunities. Uh, we estimate that the DPUs uh, for the REITs under our coverage could rise by up to 14% on average, uh, assuming that debt headroom is fully deployed to fund uh, DPU accretive buys. Now, in terms of subsectors, uh, we expect a stronger outlook for physical, industrial, uh, retail, and hospitality market segments, Uh, this is also reflected in our sector preference Uh, for industrial REITs, structural demand tailwinds, and rising overseas contributions will mean better DPU visibility. Now in retail, uh, we continue to stick with the more resilient suburban malls. Uh, We think they're better leveraged to improvement in footfall, and also improvement in tenant sales, as social distancing restrictions uh, will ease further in phase three. Office leasing momentum uh, will slow further in the first half of this year. Occupiers are already holding back on expansions as they struggle with weaker revenue. Tenant downsizing and increasing work from home practices are the structural headwinds that could reduce demand by about over the next three years. And rev paths for hospitality uh, should gradually recover but demand visibility is low, and we are more optimistic on prospects in
1: 2022. Thanks, Uthai. Um, Would you be able to share with us um, something related to the COVID, for example, the retail sector? Do you see um, improving shopper traffic or even retail sales compared to pre-COVID level? And yeah, with Singapore reopening and entering phase three, do you see further improvement?
4: Yes. So already, I think in terms of the retail sales numbers, um, it's gradually improved. So I think the last uh, the November number is just about uh, less than 2% below last year. Uh, this is versus October. I think the number was about 10% relative to last year. So definitely a gradual improvement. And we expect more of this uh, going to this year. Um, overall, for the REITs themselves, the tenant sales numbers, depending on the Asset where it's located. If it's downtown malls, uh, tenant sales have gone back up to about sixty percent. If it's actually the suburban malls, which are now sort of servicing the work from home uh, population, then tenant sales are nearly back to uh, pre-COVID levels. What is actually still we are seeing room for improvement is really on the footfall side. So overall footfall, which is driven by, of course, uh, uh, um, the social distancing restrictions that we're seeing right now are back up to about 50 to 60% of what was pre-COVID levels. So currently what we're having is about 10 square feet of uh, space between a shopper. This will be reduced to about eight square feet of space. So that's about 25% increase. And because we are seeing improvement in shopper traffic, then definitely expecting also further improvement in tenant sales.
1: Thanks. Um, last question. Do you think the rising yield environment, because last week um, we have the 10-year treasury yield jumped by almost 20 bips, the curve has steepened. Given that the REIT sector is largely a yield play, Do you see higher yields as a big threat um, to the REIT sector? Okay.
4: So I think macro fundamentals uh, for sure will improve further uh, this year. Uh, REIT valuations themselves uh, since October last year have adjusted to a steepening yield curve. Now we expect the fast-front rate, I think that your team here, uh, it should climb by about uh, well 35 basis points this year and then 25 basis points in 2022. Uh, Singapore 10-year government, uh, government bond yield will move up by a slower 20 basis points uh, per year at the same time. So borrowing costs will remain low and uh, this is accommodative when we compare uh, this across uh, to history. Uh, the REIT sector now offers the second highest dividend yields, that's 4.2%, and the third highest yield spread of 3.4% against other developed market peers. Now, there's a chance that interest rates could rise faster. And if we assume a 25 basis point hike from our current assumptions, then the impact on earnings for the sector could be about 2 to 6%. On valuations, I think it could come down by Uh, up to 10%.